God is not a dictator. He doesn't have a tiny mustache, nor does he have an arm in the air or in his jacket all the time. God does not work that way. He doesn't force us to obey him. The God of all created us with the greatest power known ever, the power to choose. It is the power that brought down perfection, but it is also the power that redeemed all humankind. It is the power that led Martin Luther forward to change the course of the church, just as much as it led a group of mutineers to rediscover the Sabbath truth. And with that power, we too can choose to follow or not, obey or disobey. There is no try. This is not just a question of choice. This is the answer to existence. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. University. My name is Sarah Mae Cologne and I am your host for today and I would like my panel to introduce themselves which you should know them because they were here a couple weeks back and if you didn't see that you should probably get on that. So um, <laughs> if you guys could introduce yourselves once more and tell me your name and then a time when you disobeyed and the consequences of disobeying that is approved to be aired. Go! Uh, when it's my stories. My name is uh, Jeff Crowley. Um, hey, Jeff Crowley. A time that I disobeyed and the consequences. Um, I enjoyed the sport of golf when I was just learning. I had some wiffle balls um, in my backyard and I would kind of hit them uh, towards the house. Um, and one day I thought I would sneak a real golf ball in there <laughs> and hit a nice kind of sharp shot right at the house and it made a nice hole in the... Uh, in the siding, which I had been told not to do <laughs> good, previously. Good job. Mm -hmm. I think I got chewed out pretty good for it. So Nice. Yeah. So good old lecture yeah. from the Padre. Yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. Did you see that? Padre. I know Spanish. Padre. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got it. At least. Uh, my name is Alex Barrientos. Barrientos. Yes. Um, well, even my own culture doesn't play around with any disobedience, in you, if you like. And uh, I could remember the time where... Uh, I rode my bike inside of the house, and I broke the glass table that was on the living room, and, <laughs> yeah, I got a Spanish, you know, punishment. I guess that's identify with the Spanish We'll just leave it there. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> yeah. I think I can identify Golfing, <laughs> bike riding, what do you got? Well, um, uh, when I was... Who are you? Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> That's very important. Uh, my name is Earl Estale, and I remember when I was young, my brother and I, we were told to go to bed, mm -hmm. and so we didn't go to bed. We stuck like socks or whatever under the, the, the door, <laughs> and we decided to play football or something like that, and I ended up running into the wall. <laughs> And chipping my tooth, so even up to now, uh, um, I have half a tooth. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I learned, you know, it might be good to listen to your parents when they tell you to, oh, to like go to bed. That's like a good children's story. <laughs> listen to your parents. Well, we should probably 
focus because now all I'm thinking about is all the times I was disobedient and it's a dangerous. Oh, you can tell, you, you, no, you can tell it's us. It's just yeah. dangerous. No, it's dangerous. <laughs> anyway, so Alex, wow. would you mind reading your scripture and sure. praying? Our text uh, for today is Second Corinthians uh, 10, 4, and 5. Mm-hmm. It says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So let us pray before we begin. Señor que estás en los cielos, te agradecemos porque has permitido que nosotros podamos estar juntos con eh, el propósito de estudiar tus escrituras y pedimos que tu Espíritu Santo nos ayude a comprenderla al igual de poder discernirla y poder eh, aplicarla hacia nuestras vidas. Eso te lo pedimos en el nombre de Jesús. Amén. Amén. So we're talking about lesson five on obedience, the fruit of revival. Mm. And uh, I think there's a lot in this lesson that we can discuss. And I guess the first question I have is what ideas and images come to mind when you think about the word obedience? I know some mm. of us have very visual memories of this word <laughs> well i would say you know when i think of obedience i think of leadership mm. and the reason why i say that is because i think very often obedience is dependent on the leadership you know um if you have a dictator then obedience is not something that is enjoyable mm. sometimes very often it's forced yeah but if you have a very inspirational leader somebody who you know got your back somebody who you have deep admiration for, Mm -hmm. they don't have to tell you much. And, you know, they're right, you'll be right there with them. Yeah. Support them in whatever they do because, you know, whatever they decide to do is for everybody's best interest. And so um, I think when I think of obedience, it depends on who um, you want to obey. Hmm. That's interesting. My first kind of reaction to obedience is I think it's a little bit different. I, it, sometimes it feels like not like a good word sometimes like i i get the picture almost of of like a dictator saying like you know you have to obey me you have mm-hmm. to obey what i say that kind of thing and i i think it's primarily because a lot of times the concept of obedience uh has been so abused within mm-hmm. uh within human history mm-hmm. and so i well, sometimes when i talk about obedience i i have to you know purposely uh force myself into a, a different way of thinking about it so absolutely that type of thing Absolutely. I think that for me, I'm very similar in that aspect. I like the concept of, you know, a good leader, you know, all that stuff. But like for me, I often think of the consequences that come with if I don't obey. Right. So I get really freaked out because I'm like, man, I'll get in more trouble <laughs> if, I, yeah. if I don't obey this. And so then my motive is totally different. Than, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think I think actually being disobedient is a good thing uh, because it comes with our natural <laughs> well, thing. Well, hey. And that, that, that is not to say, you know, it's okay to be rebellious. I'm just saying that I'm thinking of a kid who, let's say a baby, just born, starts mm-hmm. crying, everyone's trying to sleep, you're trying to tell it to be quiet, but the baby doesn't be quiet, it doesn't get quiet, and uh, are they being disobedient then? Uh, and I think it's natural for mm-hmm. us to be disobedient. And so that's what I mean. There's a very negative mm-hmm. thing to it at at the essence of who we are, um, how that's worked out, and and it's a misinterpretation, you know, in its different ways, sure. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a completely natural thing, and natural meaning 
maybe this is a problem. It could be civil disobedient mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, when we think of Martin Luther King, mm -hmm. he was disobedient in terms of he didn't follow the, um, the dictates of his time. Right. But yet at the same time, even though he was disobedient, in some sense he was obedient. Mm -hmm. And he was obedient to the, to the morals, the, the, the principles of justice for all. That's you true. Know. And it is subjective to what you're being obedient to because society can dictate what is obedience to them. Sure. And then your belief system mm -hmm. and then your family and then everything has a different, I guess, moral structure, if you will. Mm -hmm. Wow, this just got ethical. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think for me the biggest thing to kind of differentiate the, the two is um, your choice in the mm -hmm. matter. If you do live in a situation where, you know, you're forced to obey and you don't have a choice but to obey, mm -hmm. then obedience is absolutely going to have negative connotations. But, you know, approaching it um, to the subject of Scripture and of God and, mm -hmm. and the things He's asked of us, I think it makes all the difference in the world that He's given us the choice to obey. Yeah. So it's, it's never that forced kind of obedience of you have to do this or else. It's a, I love you and I want you to do this kind yeah. of obedience. That's pretty cool. Hmm. It's a very cool perspective because, again, I think it always comes down to what will happen if I don't. You know, like that's, I guess maybe that's my mentality. <laughs> I'm a weird kid. Anyways, but I was going to wish many children upon you if you said that it was good to disobey. I was like, I no, wish and, multiple children <laughs> no, upon you and, 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 and she'll here, see how this goes. No, 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 but I, I think it's just uh, what Jeff just mentioned um, that in the context of God, scripture, etc., mm -hmm. um, even then, we are not inclined to be obedient. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and Romans kind of throws it at you and saying, yeah, you, you have nothing in you that really mm -hmm. inclines you to do good at all. And um, inherently. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> Earl's just like flailing yeah, over in the I, corner. I, I <laughs> in Earl style, it's a very yeah, dramatic uh, flail. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, and that's why I appreciate the title of this lesson. Mm -hmm. You know, that obedience is fruit of revival mm -hmm. because um, our human inclination is not to be obedient to God's dictates, right. but it takes a revival within us. And when a revival takes place, then we're able to show forth. Right. So then that goes right into the next question is, you know, we talk about obedience a lot and we have a very human concept of obedience, obviously. Mm. Um, how is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit related to our understanding of obedience or to obedience in general, or is it? I think that the Holy Spirit being related to obedience in that way, for me, it has everything to do with how in tune you are with um, with God. In First John, it talks about, you know, if you pray in faith, uh, you'll receive. And I think a lot of times that's been uh, abused to the point of if you pray and if you have faith then God will give you whatever it is that you, you ask for. Mm. But I think more of what, what that's saying is hmm. that the, the more you go, grow closer to God, the more you kind of are in tune with the things that He wants for you. Mm. Your, your desires line up with His desires, and the things that you want for yourself are the things that God wants for you. And I think that it's kind of the same thing with obedience, and especially the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's being obedient obedience in the the sense of choosing to be that close to God mm. of choosing to want that walk with God and when I think when you do that is when you know you you experience that outpouring of the Holy Spirit I think when we talk about the Holy Spirit and obedience 
it's a very dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. One, because if you say that you've received or you have mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, then in a sense the person believes that they have a sense of uh, uh, infallibility or mm-hmm. there's a sense of, you. well, you can't really correct me. or And therefore, whatever I say to you, because the Holy Spirit is on me, you can't really tell me that I'm wrong or you can't really tell me what to do because the Holy Spirit has revealed it to mm-hmm. me. So I think, I think the lesson has kind of highlighted aspects where the Holy Spirit does work, where the, when the Holy Spirit does speak mm-hmm. or does interject in the person, that the person inevitably is led to lead others back to God Mm-hmm. as well as proclaiming and uplifting Christ rather than uplifting an ideology, mm-hmm. which is completely different from where, oh, th- the Holy Spirit does something different from what mm-hmm. Jesus would do. No, the Holy Spirit leads us to do the Christ thing to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a completely different, and if there's any type of dictatorship in that, it would be wrong mm-hmm. because the Jesus way is precisely the humble obedient to death type of language you know yeah. and that changes things i think yeah. that's Absolutely. good perspective and I, I appreciate what you know jeff said you know in terms of having that closer relationship with god mm-hmm. you know because i think that's so important when it comes to obedience because i think you know we tend to separate look at obedience is just following rules and mm-hmm. dictates mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but i look at it as more so result of being in a love relationship. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned before, being you know closer to God, it is through the Holy Spirit we get to see a clearer picture of who God is. You know, we have examples of you know Isaiah and um, even Ezekiel, when they saw God mm-hmm. and they had a close encounter with Him, then you know they, they, they recognized their uncleanness yeah. and they recognized their need for um, the Holy Spirit to work in their lives. And as a result of that, they were open to do what God wanted to do with them because when we see our sinfulness mm. and we see his sinlessness and his love for us mm-hmm. willing to come and die for us mm. then the natural response is to, um, to, to, to to want to follow him because I don't know about you but if somebody's willing to die for me man <laughs> you know I, I, I think you know uh, you know the natural response is, you know, I want to get have their back as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I like the point you made about the uh, the love relationship there, and it's a really, really cliche example, but yes. uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm entering the cliches here. Um, but it's a really cliche example, but it's like, you know, I I'm married, I I have a wife, and I love my wife, and I'm not going to to commit <laughs> adultery because the Bible says don't commit adultery. Right. I'm, I'm not committing adultery because I love her exactly. and she mm-hmm. loves me. Mm-hmm. But how often do we not look at God in the same context? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of our talk about him, uh, a lot of our preaching about him, sometimes we present him as he, he says it and you should do it. And while that's certainly true to an extent, it leaves out a much, much bigger picture of, you know, so often, in, especially in New Testament, and even in the Old Testament, uh, Song of Songs, God's love to us is compared to that of lovers. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But so often we we do not incorporate that into right. to our, our speech of Him, especially as it comes to obedience. Right. You right. know, we mm-hmm. we obey because we love that right. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so true. And the interesting thing is, is you know, here it says, "How is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit related 
if at all, to obedience. And for me, as I don't mean to be rebellious or disobey. It's all right. Sometimes I just don't <laughs> want to do it. <laughs> and like the reality of the situation is there's some things that sometimes I just I don't get and I don't see a reason why I need to do. And so I naturally spiral into the disobedience hmm. role, right? And so when I think about, you know, how the Holy Spirit is related to that, I'm thinking the only way that I could possibly ever truly follow God and incorporate what this, you know, the Bible says yeah. and like try to internalize it and keep it consistently in me is whether or not I'm communicating with the Holy Spirit and like letting the Holy Spirit work in me. Because there's no way that me, I'm naturally, my natural personality is to terrorize the universe. And then, so. <laughs> like it's I, a given. Yeah. And Especially just, you know you got the glasses to go with it too. Be quiet. <laughs> yes, yes. So the reality of the situation is for me, I think about yeah. it as there's no way I can actually truly obey wholeheartedly without some kind of resentment without the Holy Spirit. Mm. And that's just me being real honest because I would love to say that I naturally want to obey and am perfect, but alas. <laughs> I am a dreadful person. <laughs> well, I think, but I think that that point really very strongly corresponds to what Alex said earlier, mm -hmm. is that's that's the whole point almost of, of Romans, is mm -hmm. we're all dreadful people, mm -hmm. and we all have that that thing in us that makes us not want to do yeah. that, that, that natural uh, streak of rebellion, yeah. that kind of thing. Ugh. I mean, there's, I, with the indication, Paul quickly mm -hmm. says, hey, I do what I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm really doing this, but I really don't want to do it. <laughs> and, you know, I got to do it still, but I, you know, mm -hmm. and I guess we're not there to balance off our emotions, our mm -hmm. passions and what is obedience or not. But it's, it's understanding yeah. that, yeah, that's the issue. Right. And it's a connecting point. Like you said, I'm not married, however, but I'm guessing, yeah. you know, you want to have that connection. And because you have that connection with Amy, mm. like you, you automatically start wanting to be a better person. You right. want to do things better and you want to have a healthy relationship. Right. And for me, I think that scripture, obedience, all of that is connected. And it's through the Holy Spirit that those things yeah. are all connected because yeah. now it's a natural pull. You sure. naturally want to be a better person. Yeah. And now like, because I am constantly growing with Christ, you know, like it's a natural pull to want to start obeying right, more absolutely. and to live better. We've been talking a lot about, you know, us personally, but when we look in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, uh, what do we learn about obedience from the experience of Stephen in the New Testament? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. That's the answer <laughs> I was looking Stephen, for. <laughs> Stephen, uh, you know, we, we can look at the lesson, right? And, yeah. and read um, uh, chapter seven of Acts and the guy's a preacher. Right. What does he do? He doesn't scream at them saying, you know, proof text, but he's telling them the story that they've known all along. And he's telling them, hey, you know, and, and here's a big lesson for all of us. I, the Holy Spirit doesn't <laughs> tell a different story. Yes. It doesn't. And that's an amazing. Some of us, when we speak about the Bible, we speak about other stories mm -hmm. and we don't keep it to the same one that the Holy Spirit's been indicating them. Mm -hmm. The result of it. When you tell the true story, hmm. people will get angry. Hmm. Why? Why will people get angry? Well, because the Holy Spirit reveals to us what God has been doing all along. Mm. It reveals His goodness and it reveals our disobedience. And in a sense, it creates a problem for us because we're not inclined to say, no, but, um, but I did, no, no. God, you see, He's been doing all these things. Mm -hmm. What does the Holy Spirit have to do with Stephen? 
that the Holy Spirit leads us to preach the truth, to, mm. to preach. And I, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm not any other truth. I'm saying <laughs> the truth? truth of Scripture, <laughs> right. that God is creative heaven and earth. He's the mm -hmm. one doing the things. Mm. And, but here's the difference, that I think sometimes that we take that to say that we go out to the world then and we pretend to preach mm -hmm. so that we could get persecuted. And I think that's the wrong take. I think we get persecuted because Stephen later became a martyr. They hated that truth. They stoned him. But some of us seek persecution. Oh, absolutely. And we, we, we seek, we want death to come as though we're going to be championed uh, because we're doing it. And I think that's the wrong way to go about it. I think yeah. the Holy Spirit will lead us to do something. But as a result, it will come. But let us not seek the end, you know, that yeah. there's a different story to it, I think. Earl. <laughs> I ra raised my hand quickly because <laughs> I remembered what I wanted to say. Yes! And I, it ties into this a little bit, you know. I, 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 uh, we talk about um, obedience being love mm -hmm. and also a natural response. And I, I want to highlight the fact that it is not us who does the work, mm -hmm. but it's the Holy Spirit who does the work. Mm. And this brings me back to um, to Stephen, because I don't know about you, but if I am facing judge and jury, and I know I'm about to lose my life, mm -hmm. and um, to still be obedient in that situation, just for what I believe as an yeah. individual, that's not that's not our natural human response. Right. Hmm. I think it takes, you know, having a connection with the Holy Ghost, right. having a connection with the Holy Spirit to, to give us that power, that capability to, to be loyal mm -hmm. and um, obedient to God no matter what the situation is. Absolutely. So. I always found the stories of, of martyrs, and especially with Stephen as the prime example, mm -hmm. uh, really fascinating, I, probably for the main reason is because, like Alex said, this message is so powerful that it leads some people like Stephen, like the apostles, like Christ, mm -hmm. to, to die for it simply because of obedience. Uh, Philippians 2 makes mm -hmm. that point. You know, Christ is obedient even to the point of death. Um, but then on the flip side, it, it makes other people so hostile mm -hmm. that it leads them to, to kill the people who, who are, are martyred. It's, it's, it's this powerful message that, that is... Even through martyrdom, you know, this obedience is life-giving in a way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's true. It definitely evokes an emotion. Right. And the thing that I think I find almost equally as interesting is, is that, you know, so often, I know I'm a pastor's kid and a missionary's kid, and I've been in this, you know, like church bubble, if you will, for hmm. most of my life, and I have observed yeah. the martyrdom that naturally mm. comes out of people that are sure. really into scripture or really into God or whatever. And it may not be the most healthy Route, you know, because they may not even want to live for God, they just want to die for God. Hmm. And I find that I'm struggling with, as I grow and I learn more, the concept of living for God rather than trying to end it in a sainthood, if you will. Hmm. You know, and it's just a really interesting concept for me to think about because so often we look at it, are you willing to die for Christ? And I'm like, mm. dude, I'm willing to live for Christ. Like, isn't hmm. that as equally exciting? You know, because if I live for it, then, you know, I'm evoking another kind of emotion. So I don't know, like I, I kind of see 
this pendulum swing of like where are we supposed to be at? <laughs> I think it's a combination of both. Hmm. You know, because um, you know, I, I'm th I'm just thinking about military and um, and also yeah, secret service mm -hmm. guys who I'm sure they love to live. They have mm -hmm. wives and family and everything, mm. but they're willing to sacrifice their lives for something bigger, something bigger you know, yeah. whether it's the president or whether it is um, mm -hmm. for their country. And they're willing to take anything. In fact, pretty much from what I understand in the military, you know, you, you, don't, you don't do anything without, you know, basically with your commander telling you what to do, you mm -hmm. know. And so you're willing to do that because, as you said, you know, you, look, you, you have a belief in something bigger than yourself. Right. Hmm. That's awesome. And because I know that the next question is for you two, <laughs> two to fight out who gets the answer, because <laughs> you're so excited about it. Um, scripture says that Jesus emptied himself. What does that even mean? Um, this is my favorite verse in all of scripture. Um, Philippians 2, talking about how, how Jesus emptied himself, who, um, even though he was in the form of God, didn't count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, became a servant. That's, that's my absolute favorite text in, in all of scripture. But I think it relates to obedience in such a way that it teaches us that a lot of times obedience or disobedience rather is simply not having humility. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's that's something that I struggle with so much in my life because I I'm that naturally rebellious person. Yeah. I do that. But so many times I have to catch myself and say, is this me trying to elevate myself above right. the situation to appear that way, to not follow the example of Christ right. who was, you know, humble even to the point of death. That's right. That's yeah, kind of my thing. Hmm. <laughs> you look pained I'm sorry, over there. Just, What's going on? <laughs> it, it's 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 one of those it's one of those um I mean, fine, the, the, the great way to say emptied himself. Mm -hmm. From what? You mean <laughs> he came out of a jar? Did he come out of a can? Right. Like, emptied himself from what? Mm -hmm. And it gives you just, what is it then? Um, mm -hmm. Well, nothing. And, you know, you go to James 2.20, it talks about faith without works is useless. That word useless is kind of derived mm -hmm. from the same word, useless. Then you have a parable of the tenants, you know, the servant came to ask mm -hmm. for fruit and what did they do? He left that place, he left the vineyard with nothing in hand. Mm -hmm. That emptiness, empty, vain, uh, nothingness mm -hmm. is what God is about. And yet, and yet, in that entire passage that we're looking at in Philippians 2, he became a servant, the likeness of men. Mm -hmm. That God, in a sense, came out of himself mm -hmm. and identified himself with someone else. That someone else, creatures, us, mm -hmm. humans. Mm -hmm. He emptied himself, became like us, and... Now we have a connecting point. What are you trying to say about yourself? Mm -hmm. But I that emptied himself not only to the, the status of us creatures, but to the lowliest of us, to, to the, the bottom Just, rung yes. of, of this society that, that this letter is written to. And, and this is huge. This is huge. That's why I'm just like, oh, there's like a mountain there. It just, it talks, there's... You almost see God as being obedient to us. Wow. Hmm. Well, and it's it's strange. And you know what's really dreadful is, is that we're out of time. And hmm. this is a cliffhanger because <laughs> literally this can be discussed for quite some time. Days. 
If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. You can also join us on Facebook right off of our site. For Sabbath School University, I'm Sarah McClellan, and we'll see you next week.